Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 31 of the J Situation Podcast. I'm recording this on September 15th, 2020. So how's everybody doing? Super busy time. We are cruising into the home stretch of 2020, which, by all accounts, is ridiculous. <laughs> I have completely stopped partaking in media consumption. Like I'm, I don't know, and like essentially, I'm I'm working super hard. You know, I'm listening to some podcasts, uh, listening to Rogan stuff like that. Try not to freak out about what's coming in November. Well, uh, you, you may be thinking, well, what's coming in November, Jay? Well, you know, I don't know. It could be the end of coronavirus. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe. I'm not sure. You never know. Um, this weekend was fairly exhausting, I have to say. I <laughs> hmm, did a lot of testing. A lot of Pew Science sound testing. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, this podcast is brought to you by Pew Science, pushing the science or industry forward one test at a time. You can visit pewscience.com for the suppression rating, the simplest and most accurate hearing safe ratings for your suppressed small arms. The suppression rating that you see on the website in every silencer review lets you know how each silencer stacks up in comparison to one another with regard to sound signature at the ear and at the muzzle. And it gives you a hearing safe dose limit for the particular platforms on which they're tested. If you haven't checked it out on the website, pewscience.com, you should. Um, you're not gonna find this information anywhere else uh, in the world. So it's there for you whenever you like. You can support this podcast Pew Science, and our testing by joining at PewScience.com and by rating the podcast five stars on iTunes. Again, you rate it on iTunes, it doesn't cost you anything, and you get to let the general public know that silencers and guns are awesome. Okay, so we've got five topics for you today, I think. Or maybe I'm going to combine a topic. I tell you what, let's, let's say I have four topics. We'll do four, and then, you know, maybe if we have time, I'll add another, but I'm going to stick with four for now. Um, so here they are. First topic, recent testing. You know, just completed that. I have some initial thoughts to share, you know, still coming over some stuff. We'll talk about that. Second topic, the 11 and a half inch mid-length gas system upper, the 5.56 upper. Yes, yes, it is. In fact, awesome. It is an awesome upper. Uh, third topic, new review coming this week. New sound signature review. So that's coming for you. And fourth topic, as always, I want to welcome all the new members of Pew Science. Your support is appreciated. Thank you very much for that. And I just want to let you guys know that you know, don't forget to ask questions. I am here. I am here for you. Okay. Topic one, recent testing, some initial thoughts. Okay, well, ran an all-day Pew Science test program this past weekend. Uh, the goal of the program was initial characterization of 300 blackout, okay? It was an initial characterization program along with an initial characterization of 11 and a half inch 5.56, okay? This was very much exploratory in nature. Um, I also did some wiped and unwiped sound testing to determine the behavior of a wiped system and how long you can expect a wipe to last with regard to sound suppression, okay? Um, a lot of data was generated in that, in that part of the study, in that part of the examination, like literally and figuratively, okay? Like the, the amount of actual data on disk uh, is significant. Um, the, the waveforms are very long duration. Now, um, for those of you who, who don't know what wipes are, um, a wipe is a, 
an actually somewhat antiquated um, silencer part that was installed in the silencer to contain the gas for an abnormally long time to make the system quieter because the name of the game of quiet silencers is to contain the gas in the system as long as possible, okay? So a wipe is typically made of some kind of polymer, polymer sheeting, plastic, and that wipe is, of course, a consumable part uh, because it is shot through with a bullet and then gradually the opening in the wipe becomes larger as you keep shooting. And the theory is that suppression diminishes um, after a certain amount of shots. Thus, the use of a wipe has diminishing returns depending on your shot schedule, okay? Depending on your firing schedule. So that's the, that's the working kind of thought in, in the NFA community, all right? And so, you know, so I, I was like, well, you know, has anyone ever really characterized that? Well, I don't know, probably, but I decided to do it with PewSoft. And so, yeah, so that, that's part of what I was doing this week. I mean, there, there's a lot of different stuff, but that, you know, that was part of the program. Now, I did all this testing with some apparatus improvements and changes, and some, and some of those changes were exploratory. So not only was the work exploratory, some of the, some of the apparatus, the test apparatus changes were exploratory. And so I'm, I'm telling you this because th this might result in me redoing all of the testing that I did, okay? Um, in, in order to quantify some of the parameters that, that, that I change and, you know, and to determine their influence in the results and, and what we can expect in the future, you know, this is all part of ongoing ongoing investigation in, in the test methodology. And so, you know, although I did spend a full day testing, you, you guys, you guys may never see those results. Okay. I, I want to, I want to let you know that that's, but I do want to give you an update, you know, or, or maybe you'll see all of them. You know, I just don't know yet. I just don't know yet. Uh, it's to be determined. Uh, one of the things I've spoken about before uh, on this podcast is that Pew Science has a very high standard on data quality, okay? And something else I've spoken about is that when Pew Science releases data, I really want to ensure that I completely understand everything in the data prior to release, okay? And so th there's nothing alarming so far. You know, I I've, I've, been, I've been processing the data you know, some of it, you know, looking at it, you know, uh, looked at it some in the field too, but, you know, really, really kind of digging into detail, you know, here back in the office. And, you know, in that analytical time I've had so far, really nothing alarming, but there's a lot of data to go through. And so I, I'm just kind of, you know, being cautious and because there's a lot of new things that we've done. And so I, I really need to some time to go through it in detail over the coming weeks, you know. Uh, and so I will say, man, I shot, I shot hundreds of rounds through the minifix, the in 300 blackout, the the Q minifix that the, the eight inch bolt gun test host. Um, and that gun, that gun is really, really good. Uh, it, it, it was a joy to operate during the test program. I have to say the bolt is getting even more smooth as it breaks in. So that's really cool. Uh, it's, it's very nice. Uh, I told you guys, I think, I think that mini fix that I got, I think it's going to be one of the most shot mini fixes ever because this was my first test program with it. All right, and I'm I'm gonna do many, many, many more with it, obviously, and so the the you know it's 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 just gonna be I think it's gonna be a real workhorse, and it's gonna be a joy to use. Um, another thing I wanted to mention real quick: the differences in some of the 300 blackout ammunition is interesting to me. I'm still looking at that, still going over the data. One thing to note specifically that I just wanted to note in a generality is that supersonic 300 blackout unsuppressed out of a short barrel is very unpleasant. 
<laughs> it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. Okay? Don't do it. I'm here to tell you, you don't want that. Um, very unpleasant. Don't like it. Not, not, not a fan. Silencers are important. Okay? I just want to, like, oh my gosh. So, you know, that wolf, that wolf super, oh, that reminds me, before I forget, there was, there was a gentleman that reached out to me, I believe, he might have been a dealer, I can't remember, a manufacturer, he, or somebody, no, it was a hunter, I was a thermal guy, maybe, there, some guy reached out to me, and he's gonna be kind of upset that I forgot who he is, it's, I'm sorry, I talked to a lot of people, he reached out to me, and he, he said, to let him know, how the Wolf ammunition did in the mini fix because he wasn't sure if the hard primer uh, in the Wolf steel case ammunition was going to be a problem. Uh, I well, sir, if you're listening, uh, there was no problem. Uh, the, it, the steel case ammunition fired just fine out of out of the the mini fix, the the little bolt action. It, it you know it chambered fine, it, it fired fine. Um, it was loud, you know, unsuppressed. Gosh, that's a, that's a concussion. You know, you, with supersonic ammunition, man, and unsuppressed, man, you feel that dang shockwave right in your face there. Not pleasant. I don't like it. Um, anyway, that's just, you know, I just want, so I wanted to quickly update you guys. I know a lot of you guys are hungry to know kind of what happened into the 300 blackout testing. You want to know, oh, was it hearing safe? Well, you know. If you've been following Pew Science for a while, you understand that hearing safe is a function of dose, and certain silencers are better than others. So I'll let you know as as uh, as I examine the data. But but right now, um, I'm not really going to talk a lot about those details because uh, we want to make sure the information you get is uh, perfect. Okay. So wanted to update you on that. But speaking speaking of things that are super loud. Let's uh, let's talk about five five six. Topic two, the eleven and a half inch mid length gas upper. Yes, it is awesome. I freaking love it. I freaking love it. But uh, it's also specialized. It's also specialized, and so so what have we learned so far? What have we learned so far? Let's talk about that. Okay. The test program that I conducted had a very, it had an arduous test matrix. It, I, I set lofty goals. Did I meet all the goals? No, I did not. Did I achieve some? Yes. Did I achieve some unanticipated findings? Of course. It's testing. It, it contained a 5.56 component in the matrix. Now, pr prior to sound testing 5.56, with this system, because to date I had only used PewSoft to characterize 5.56 out of 16-inch barrels. Okay, so prior to doing this with this particular weapon system, if you've been following along, I wanted to tune the gas block. I wanted to tune that that superlative arms gas block unsuppressed without a silencer, and I wanted to tune it with three different bolt carriers, three different bolt carrier groups. Now I really wanted to keep the total reciprocating mass of each system fairly close, or, or rather fairly comparable. Now, I, I looked at three different combinations, okay? I used the Surefire Optimized Bolt Carrier Group, the Surefire OBC, which along with its buffer, which happens to be a little bit larger in diameter um, on its main section and a little bit shorter than a typical buffer due to the carrier dimensions and the longer stroke, that whole system, that buffer, and the carrier, and I'm sorry, let me let me be very clear. The buffer and the bolt carrier group, which includes the Surefire bolt and Surefire bolt carrier, that whole thing weighs 17 ounces on my scale, okay? The LMT enhanced carrier with a, a, a bolt I had, not the LMT enhanced bolt, because I don't have one of those, I just have the enhanced carrier, so I, I, I went ahead and I put a, I put a, you know, a firing pin and a, and a cam pin and a bolt in there. That one, along with a 5.6 ounce H3 buffer that I constructed, 
I, I made that H3 buffer with tungsten weights because, you know, an H3 buffer has three tungsten weights in it instead of, you know, an H2 buffer, which would have, you know, two tungsten weights and a steel weight. You can Google that if, you, if, you, if you're curious about how you make H1, H2, H3 buffers. For, and keep in mind, it's a carbine length buffer. The LMT with the H3 buffer also weighs 17 ounces. So how about, how about them apples? So you, you know you got the Surefire bolt uh, enhanced. Uh, I'm sorry, the Surefire optimi optimized bolt carrier with its standard weight buffer, 17 ounces. You got the LMT enhanced bolt carrier, full auto enhanced bolt carrier. In case there's some steel dimensions, you know, um, influencing the weight. You got that with a bolt with H3 H, with the, with an H3 buffer, which is a buffer that's heavier than the Surefire buffer. Um, that also weighs 17 ounces. So they're identical in weight for the whole system. But, you know, the Surefire system, it has uh, it has weights in the carrier that are spring-loaded. So it's a different thing. But the total weight is both the same. So that's important. At least we're trying to get as close as we can. And then finally, the third system would be the mil-spec bolt carrier. I, and I don't recall the dang brand of it. I, in fact, it might have come with my machine gun on, in the upper that came with that. It's just, you know, it's just a full-auto bolt carrier. It looks like it's NP3 coated, like, you know, the chrome type coating. Um, it's a mil-spec bolt carrier. I use that same H3 buffer that I did with the LMT, and that whole system weighs 17.2 ounces, okay? So both the enhanced carrier systems, the Surefire and the LMT, weigh the same. And then the mil-spec system that I tested um, has an extra two-tenths of an ounce. So pretty close, okay? pretty close um, as far as mass goes so your inertial resistance your total inertial term um at least you know if the whole thing was moving it's uh, fairly comparable now keep in mind the tuning i did unsuppressed that was done before full break-in of the upper and, and as many of you experienced um, gas operated ar folks know um, break-in of the upper is not just parts wearing in it's also little bits of gas here and there that come out a certain you know little orifice here and there it's got to kind of seal up and there's all these little things happening right it's got to really come into its own as it were if I would, would use a flowery qualitative statement to describe breaking in a gas operated gun um, so keep in mind that so for right now, that's another, you know, <laughs> keep my, you know, that's another reason why it'd be good to repeat this test series prior to releasing results. Cause I'm, I'm using the, this is another part of our test apparatus, right? This rifle. It's like, well, is it broken in? Does that affect things? So well, you got to think about that. If I'm giving you high fidelity data. Like what are the characteristics of the weapon system? So anyway, keep that in mind. But with that in mind, the, interest, the interesting thing to note was that the mil-spec carrier, the mil-spec carrier, the normal bolt carrier that you have, you, most of you guys have in your ARs, it required the most gas to lock back on an empty mag. Okay? With this gun, with this upper, it's weird. It's like, huh. The Surefire just required a little bit, little bit less gas in the gas block, and then uh, the least gas needed was from, with the LMT which was real weird. So, you know, now it's, it's all about total impulse, right? At the end of the day, it's all about total, total, total impulse. Now, but what it doesn't, but what those gas settings don't tell you, what they don't tell you is the actual dynamics of the weapon cycling and the speed at which the carrier returns. Okay? And so if the mag was, if the mag was not empty, Okay, that's a different thing too. So these are all things, these are all little factors that require additional investigation, but I just wanted to give you those little bit of this preliminary data points, little teaser so far, just because I thought that was, I thought those, those things were interesting. Now, given the time constraint of the test day, after initial, a, after the initial 300 blackout part of the overall, overall test matrix was complete, I, I proceeded to test some silencers and I, and I picked, I picked the Surefire optimized bolt carrier as the, the test bolt carrier for the session with its buffer, okay? I just happened to pick it. So I didn't fire any of the silencers with the other two bolt carriers yet, 
you know, the LMT and the mil-spec. So th that's, look, that's another reason why we're going to need more data. Okay, I'm just, I'm just telling you this, again, this was an exploratory test series. Now, let's talk some about this upper specifically. Now, the Achilles heel, the Achilles heel of the 11 and a half inch mid-length gas upper, I think, it re re reared its head during this, during this series. And that Achilles heel to me is the gas block adjustment. It's the location. You know, the superlative arms gas block has an adjustment screw and it's adjusted from the front. You know what I mean, Jellybean? And so the gas block is super close to the muzzle with this system, obviously. And so you, you gotta remove the silencer before you can adjust the gas. And so in fact, actually, to reliably adjust the gas properly to get your, Al your Allen wrench or your hex key and your, your hex wrench in there, it's even a good idea to remove the muzzle device depending on the muzzle device. And so, you know, I might need to modify a hex wrench uh, that comes with a gas block to be able to do this in a better way. But I just wanna let you guys know, I know some folks already knew that. I kinda already knew this was gonna be an issue. Um, but knowing it's an issue and then testing a bunch of stuff when having to adjust and tune the gas system for every silencer and, by, and remove the muzzle device every time, that's a different thing. So like, you know, the, we have all this theoretical stuff we talk about sometimes, then then there's this stuff in practice. Okay, so I, I, I wanna, you know, hey, a lot of folks are not gonna run into that in like practical use because how often are you gonna freaking adjust your gas once it's set, right? You wanna say never, because who takes a silencer off their gun? <laughs> but also with this upper, you might not even, well, that might not matter as much. Well, uh, we'll get to that later. Okay, so. So for every silencer I sound tested on this upper, I first tuned the upper with the silencer so that it had just enough gas for the bolt carry group to lock back on an empty magazine. This was a very... This is very, it was very thorough. It was a very thorough exercise and it did take some time and having to remove the silencer and muzzle device before adjusting the block was excessive, but hey, the rigor was required to do what I set out to do. Okay, so I'm just, look, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you all this stuff and so, so you can see some of the variables that we're dealing with when it comes to semi and fully automatic testing with silencers. Okay, if the host is adjustable, and we want the silencers on a level playing field in how they would be used by you guys if you purchased the silencers for your personal guns. This type of thing has to be done, I think. I think we need to look at these variables and that's why I'm doing it and I'm, and I'm trying to see what difference it makes and blah, 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 okay? Now, this, this, all this that I've said so far, this allowed me to semi-quantitatively validate the back pressure hypothesis in a way, M more so than I've already done. So so this time it's on a semi-auto 5.56. Well, actually it's on my M16 set to semi-automatic select fire, okay? <laughs> I had the thing, I, I tested on, my, on my, my full auto lower, but I, I did test this part in semi-automatic. Now, this semi-quantitative validation dovetails with and isn't or rather is in addition to the semi-auto 308 validation of I, I, I performed previously on a 16 inch 308 uh, AR um, I was going to say AR10 but it's not an AR10 it's an AR308 it's a DPMS pattern gun that I built so but as expected after this 556 unsuppressed and suppressed Preliminary testing, as expected, the results agree with my previous semi-automatic 308 experience. Silencers with measurably longer rise time to peak impulse in bolt gun testing require less gas port opening to cycle the weapon. Silencers with measurably shorter rise time to peak impulse in the bolt gun testing 
require more gas port opening to cycle the weapon. Okay, let me give you a, an example to wrap your head around. The Rugged Radiant requires less gas to cycle the weapon in its long configuration than it does in its short configuration. This should be intuitive to silencer users, okay? It's intuitive. You're, you're, you're cutting the silencer in half. You're using only two baffles with a short configuration. It has less back pressure. We saw in our curves, in our, in our rise time to peak impulse, in the bolt gun tests, that, that the short configuration of the Radiant had a very, 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 very fast rise time to peak impulse. So, it's very intuitive to you now, it's, but it's also true in practice. And this supports semi-quantitatively the conclusions previously reached in the three-weight bolt-action sound signature reviews. So that's all, all is right in the world, okay? So now, the interesting thing, the interesting thing is the difference in back pressure of each silencer may be more apparent on certain AR uppers. Okay, it, it's not going to be create. All things are not equal, I think. And 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 so let me explain. So here here, these are some initial thoughts I have. Keep in mind, I reserve the right to be wrong. But here are my initial thoughts. So an eleven and a half inch barrel with a mid length gas system that was tested has a very short distance between the gas port and the barrel muzzle as I spoke about in detail in the previous episode. The total impulse that the gas port sees is a product of the pressure over time, multiplied by that, you know, multiplied by that time, okay? <laughs> it's the area under the pressure time curve inside the barrel of the gas port, all right? If you picture that curve in your mind, the time component is relatively short, because the distance between the gas port and the barrel muzzle is short. Therefore, the dwell time is short. Okay, we got it. We, we, we've talked about this. You guys know dwell time now. You understand what it means uh, mathematically. So, I'm going to repeat part of this. Short dwell time, but you still need impulse. That means that for every click you open that gas port with your adjustable gas block, there's a relatively large change in total impulse because you are changing the flow area and thus the flow rate, the amount of gas that can pass through the hole in the short dwell time window. The influence of the amount of flow area in the impulse equation is large because time is small. D does that make sense to you? Okay, so you have an equation and you have a, let's see, two things are multiplied together and one number is very small. That's the time. And one number is very large relative to that other number. Let's, let's call that dependent directly on flow. Well, you change the big number in the equation and the entire, the, the answer gets bigger. You, if you change that time number, which you can't, <laughs> Just a little bit. If you change the time number a little bit, it's not going to matter that much. You got to change a lot relative to. So, you, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, that now I'm 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 being very crude in this explanation because there are some ex, there's some exponents in the equation too, and uh, we don't need to go into the, the 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 exact math. But what I'm trying to tell you is that the rate the the the, the there's a correlation and. The end result is that the difference in the amount of clicks of your gas block is going to be there when you go from one extreme to another, meaning a very high back pressure silencer to a very low back pressure silencer. So the, so the amount of clicks you need is going to be different. We know this. I've tested it. It makes The math makes sense. Everyone understands that. But what I'm saying is that that difference in the amount of clicks you need is not going to be nearly as large as you may think, depending on the gun. Okay? So preliminary numbers are indicating right now, and I look, and I haven't done the math on all of this. I need more data before I offer an empirical correlation. But 
Preliminary numbers are indicating that for extremely short dwell time setups, like, like an 11 and a half inch mid length, for example, anytime you have a barrel length that's like not much longer than the length of the gas system. So for that type of system, my preliminary information is indicating that a change in the back pressure metric on the high end from the 308 bolt gun test that you've seen on PewScience.com in the sound signature reviews, on the high end, that back pressure, that predictive relative back pressure metric if you change that on the high end, meaning like the ones with super low, super high back pressure, if you just change it a little bit, it may not significantly in influence the gas system setting on this particular gun when compared to a change in the low end of the scale. Okay, that's what preliminarily, that's what, that's what my data is showing. So what that means is it's almost, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm smiling when I'm saying it because... What that means is that there's a minimum back pressure metric where it really starts to matter. And if you've been following along the reviews, I freaking said that. I freaking said that. And I'm so excited because I said it was gonna happen and it's freaking right. And that is awesome. I'm, I'm freaking, I'm excited right now. Like I wanna like jump up and down. Cause this is like, this is how you prove theory. Okay? So in other words, there is a flow rate where it starts to really help you reduce back pressure. There is a flow rate. There is a predictive back pressure metric. There is a rise time to peak impulse, mathematically, experimentally, experimentally, empirically. There is a flow rate threshold that you need to get to for a certain gun where it starts to really help you reduce back pressure. And now we, and now we can quantify it. Okay, this is logical and it reinforces the line of thinking all the way up to this point since the inception of Pew Science. And this is, this is helping to confirm the back pressure hypothesis. This is, this is another step, okay? That, this is exciting. This is exciting stuff. So take for, let, 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 let's talk more about this. So take for example, the rugged radiant and the rugged razor. Okay, two, two, two rugged silencers, very nice. Nice silencers. Both of those silencers have different back pressure metrics. You've seen them in the previous reviews. Let me look. I don't want to. I don't want to get all crazy. Let me. Uh, let me pull up a review. Let me pull up a review that has the radiant and the razor in it, so that I can like. Oh, let me scroll down. Scroll down. Scroll down. Does this one have it? No. Hold up. Could be in the. I don't know. Probably should have done my research before I started this podcast. Oh wait, hold on. I just want to give you guys the most up-to-date stuff uh, on, the, on the on the thing here. Yeah, okay. It's gonna be the it's gonna be the same NTI review. It's gonna be review sound um, sound signature review um, six nineteen. If you go down to figure seven, the website sound signature review six nineteen of the, the dead air same NTI. In that graph, I have um, an overall. Rather, I, I have the relative, the relative back pressure metric in there relative to the Helios of the solid end cap and 308. And so I have the Razor in there and then I have the, 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 radi the long version of the Radiant. So the, the Radiant's at 0.6 relative to the Helios of the solid end cap and the Razor's at 0.48. Okay, just wanted to get those numbers in my mind because I, I hadn't remembered. So, okay, so take those two. Both of them have different back pressure metrics. You've seen, you, you've seen this. The Razor has lower back pressure. We know this because we've computed it. We know this. But guess what? For this upper, this 11 and a half inch upper with mid-length gas system, with superlative arm gas block, the razor, the razor's back pressure is lower than the full the long configuration of the radiant, but it's not lower enough to significantly influence the amount of gas you need to cycle that upper using the Surefire Optimized Bulk Carrier Group. I could use the same gas setting for those, for those two silencers. So how about them apples? How about them apples, right? So what does this show? This is really good stuff. This is good stuff because it shows, it, shows, it shows granularity and it shows resolution in different parameters, correct? So it's semi-quantitative. It's semi-quantitative. I keep using this word semi-quantitative because although we know the number of clicks, 
We know the number of clicks. We also know that if you change by only one click, the total impulse change is significant. So the gas system does not have the resolution to give you a high fidelity result with regard to back pressure on this upper. Understand? Therefore, as an investigative tool, a long gas system with a barrel of comparable length with short dwell time does not have the resolution as a diagnostic metric for back pressure determination. Gas block settings are the laziest form of back pressure determination. I just want to let you know that. They're lazy because it's, it's literally mechanical and it's like, a, oh, it, it happened. Oh, it didn't. It's lazy. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not rigorous and it's a semi-quantitative metric. I show you why. It's not, it's not, um, it doesn't have the resolution. So here's a postulation I'm making based on this. I postulate that if you did the same experiment on an 11 and a half inch barrel with a carbine length gas system, the gas block clicks with the same gas block that we're using here would, would, would make less of a difference. So you'd have to open or close the block more. You'd have to use more clicks to make a difference in cycling. Maybe. I could, I, I could be wrong because the pressure could be so high. The pressure, the pressure could be so high at the gas port because in, in the shorter gas system. So I could be wrong. I could be wrong. We could be turning knobs and the answer might just be that the, the, ga the gas clicks don't tell the whole story with those silencers. But this is, this is a guess. I'm guessing here. I'm guessing, and I'm like, you know, maybe it changes. Or maybe the pressure ramps up so much that our equation relationships don't change. But that's my guess. I'm just saying, you know, maybe, maybe it makes less of a difference. You, you, you would have to open or, or close the block more. And then the, the back pressure metric on that would, would, would make more of a difference for you for the adjustment. I'm just, and I, look, I'm not talking about gas in the face. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm not talking about the blowback. I'm talking about gas block adjustment for, for cycling the weapon. Now, I just said a lot of stuff. I realize that. And I, I probably, some, some of you might be bored. Some of you might be confused. Some of you might be angry because you, you, wanted, you wanted a better explanation. Look, the bottom line is that I think the back pressure metric you've seen so far does scale for different cartridges. However, the scaling may be nonlinear. It may be nonlinear due to the dwell times in different systems being different. And there's a lot of variables here. So that means when I eventually develop charts to use the silencer back pressure metric to, to tune weapons, there may be different lines on the charts based on your gas system length ratio to barrel length or different lines for different dwell times. Look. What I'm getting at here, I, I have a lofty goal of like non-dimensionalized terms for like scaling equations to use. I think that'd be super cool. I'm telling you, man, I could write a textbook on this stuff. It'd be so awesome. You can, for a gun, give it to a gun designer. It could be like a fur, like a gun. I mean, I was gonna say 101, might be like a 301 class. I don't know. I'm trying to think like maybe a grad class. I don't know. What I'm saying is, uh, I think it's pretty cool. I think I think we're onto something here now. So this is just a sneak peek. This is a sneak peek into some of the long-term vision I have for some of this Pew Science stuff and, and the back pressure metric data. This is, this is just a sneak peek into that. So once I build a big enough database, um, and then I also test enough gas system length and barrel length combinations, uh, we, we can sweep out curves that show equivalent back pressure for different systems. And you'll, you'll no longer have to guess if it will be possible to achieve certain semi-auto cycling capability. And perhaps even gas in the face capability. I mean, that's another thing we'll look at. So it's, you know, it, it, the, the the time for guessing is is will be will end. We will now know everything about the system, and and that's what we're trying to do. But we gotta we gotta take these steps to understand things. And you know what? Maybe it's going to take us down a road that we don't want to go down. Maybe we get we get down this road and we say, eh, screw this. It's, it's not as important as we thought. Or maybe we end up proving something someone already knew and it's like, oh, well, that sucks. Or maybe it doesn't suck because then we prove our methodology is sound. And then you have that much more confidence in the data I give you for, for, for like, you know, the sound signatures. You know what I mean? So really, there's no, there's no, no way to lose this. Um, but there is, there is a, a, a attitude that you need to have if you want to believe in it.
and, and you want to have that motivation because I guess, I guess it's, it's almost like a philosophical lean, maybe, if I, if I could say that. Uh, you almost have to have a philosophical, steadfast attitude to see it through, I guess, is it, is it like what I'm saying? Okay, so an effort I would like to run with. Well, and possibly in parallel would be to use high-speed camera to measure the, the bolt carry group kinematics. Uh, that is the actual displacement histories of the bolt carry group during firing. Like, I'm not just talking about giving get, getting a peak velocity. I'm talking about getting the displacement time history. So I, get, I sweep out a curve of displacement, and then we can we can differentiate the curve, and we can get a velocity curve, an acceleration curve, everything like that. And so we can use data like that, since I have a high-speed camera, we, we can use data like that to not only further, for, further validate the back pressure hypothesis, you know, with, 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 with actual quantitative data, with fully quantitative data, not just semi-quantitative data. So we can do that, but not only that, but we can also supplement any future guidance documents with solid data on weapon cycling. So given enough data, I can probably just develop an empirical correlation and we can probably just start to predict points on curves we don't have data for. Like, that's the dream, right? To where, like, once we start developing empirical correlations, like, we won't, we, we might not even have to test stuff. Because <laughs> you'll already have the theory. and You just go to a book and you'll go to the chart and you'll be like, well, we know, we know that type of silencer is not going to be good for that gun. Go to get this one. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that maybe, or maybe it won't work at all. <laughs> That's part of the fun. It's part of the fun. Oh, Real quick, before I forget, before I forget, I almost forgot this. Um, the Surefire OBC, the optimized uh, bolt carrier, man, is it, does it have a really great feel during full auto. I tell you what, that is the bee's knees, man. It is awesome. And get, ooh, 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 what, guess what else is cool? Pew Science can record um, um, long durations. You know, we can do that because PewSoft, I don't want to don't want to toot my own horn here, but the way I wrote the software and the way I built PewSoft, it uh, it can record super long time durations at full sample rate resolution <laughs> simultaneously on all channels, and so uh, in in other words, it can record multiple multiple continuous strings of fire at at, at uh, one mega sample per second. Um, that's the full sample rate. So, uh, for those of you who are listening and don't believe me. Um, believe it. And uh, look, it's a lot of data and the files get large, but it does work. It, it freaking works. And so stay tuned for some cool stuff with that. I didn't play with that a lot during this test session with the full auto stuff, but I did record waveforms on the order of one to five seconds long. Um, like at a megahertz. <laughs> <laughs> you do the math on how many data points that is. Okay. Well, it's a million points in one second. So like if I record it for five seconds, it's five million points. Okay. I mean, it, we're, we're really only, only limited by disk space at this point. Um, and so, and so, yeah, um, that is, and, 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 and it's reliable and it actually works and it dumps the data to your, your drive and it's like there it's like it doesn't you know freak out which is always good you, you never you know until you really do that stuff you're like does this, this is gonna work and you're like you do it and you're like oh i guess it guess it it's like way simpler than i thought so that was cool cool proof of concept and and so um gosh i don't even know do i want to i'm trying to determine like how much i want to say about this because um like I don't want to like talk too much at a, I don't want, well, I don't want to talk at a turn, but, um, I guess some recent updates from today, I don't really plan on topic talking about this. Um, but I, I'm expanding. I'm, I'm, I've been talking about apparatus improvements, right? And that's part of the reason why, like, I might need to retest and stuff too. And da da da. Cause I've been playing with PewSoft, like mad scientist style. Um, I'm expanding PewSoft, and 
it uh, you know as part of part of you know your membership contributions to Pew Science are helping that. Like this is like there's a lot of stuff we do that costs money. <laughs> okay, one is my analysis time. Uh, I'm I'm a licensed engineer and I'm you know I, I got to do stuff. It takes me hours and hours to do it. The other thing is like ammunition. You guys, that's easy to understand, right? The ammunition costs money. You know the you know consumables during the test, things like that. Another thing is apparatus and, you know, improvements to the apparatus, maintenance, calibration, things like that. And so um, I'm expanding PewSoft and, I, and I'm a little bit excited because you know how I told you that I thought like only three microphones were like amateur hour? <laughs> like um, I, we can do a lot more than that now. And so... Um, at, at, at full um, sample rate, at full um, one mega sample per second, one million samples per second. So, but not only microphones. In fact, there's, the the sky is the limit, by the way, for PewSoft. We, we can use accelerometers. Like we can use thermocouples. We can use strain gauges. Like we can use other sensors like it's not like PewSoft is not just for for sound come on guys this is like we're 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 changing the game here like this is, i'm not i'm not playing around <laughs> like we're like we are already i think at the state of the art of sound uh, of field sound measurement i think in the world just for you know in 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 in, in the silencer world in the small arms weapon communities, far, far as field portable systems with the methodology, I think we're state of the art right now. I think we're leading the way, and I'm tell, I'm here to tell you right now that that recently, like we're we're pulling so far ahead, like we have already lapped them, and now we're like we're on the next race. Like I'm not even I don't have rear view mirrors anymore. Is what I'm trying to tell you. So I'm super excited about that. That's an ongoing effort. Um, made made some smart, I think, some smart capital investments and in some certain things, um, and so I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what the future holds for experimentation, and um, I, I'm just excited to share that with you. I, I don't I don't really want to go into a lot of details about that. A lot of it's like trade secret and proprietary stuff. But I will say that like we're we're not messing around. So, so that's that. That's there for you. So, in in summary, I will say this test effort overall this this past weekend. I will say in summary, it was exploratory for both the weapon systems, the ammunition type, and apparatus. But, given all of those the, those points, it was very rigorous. And I'll, like I said earlier, I am I'm still unsure. If, I'm I'm unsure if I'm going to publish a lot of the data. I got no, I, I I did a lot of testing. I have a lot. I lot. I could look if I wanted to. I could just publish it, and like give you and get more traffic on the website. Blah blah blah. No no no. I I, I don't need to, but I can. But we'll see. I, what I don't want to do is I give you something and you use it and it's not as good as you could have. I want you to have the best. I want. I feel a responsibility. I want you to have the best. Now it turns out our our seventy five percent is better than everyone else's hundred percent. So it's like you're gonna get the best you're gonna get anyway. But I want to make sure that you're getting like something I'm super proud of, and so I want that to continue. And so that's I just want to give you a little window into that. A lot of you folks writing into the to email me and stuff, you, you tell me this one dude, I it was cool. Cause like, it was, it's almost like surreal to me. He told me like, he listened to all the episodes like on a huge road trip. He was on his way to a carbine course somewhere. Um, shout out to you, sir. I'm not gonna repeat your name here publicly. Um, and he like, he felt like he knew, he apologized cause of the long email. Cause he's, he told me he felt like he knew me because like he listened to me for like 20 episodes in a row. <laughs> Bless his heart. Um, and I told him I could totally relate to that because, like, I've listened to podcasts before and where, like, you feel like you start to know the person. And, like, there's, like, that weird relationship where, like, obviously you don't know the person because, like, you're just listening to them on your phone or radio or whatever. But 
Like, I understand that. Like, I've experienced that too. And um, I told him, dude, that's awesome. Like, I'm super glad you listened. Super glad you're into this. But it does reinforce something for me personally in that I do feel a responsibility to you folks to give you information that you can trust. And since I am independent and Pew Science is independent, um, I just want you, I want to maintain your trust. And I want to make sure that when you come to me with a question, or when you come to PewScience.com, you can trust what I, I'm giving you. So, uh, so that I just want to, you know, kind of an interest in full disclosure. I know some of you are probably like, oh my gosh, Jay just tested 300 blackout. That means we're going to get data right now. And it's like, look, like I could, or you could be happier with what you get. So, you know, look, there's a lot more data coming. Data is continuing to be released regularly. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get there, okay? I'm, and hey, I might even go out again this this next weekend. I got the fever now. I'm like, I got the taste. You ever seen one of those movies? What's the movie? What's the movie where, um, what do they, they eat like, it's not that movie Alive where they get trapped on the mountain and have to eat people because they're starving. It might be something like that where cannibalism was, oh, he's got the taste. <laughs> it's like, or no, or maybe it's like an animal that eats like a human. And then once that animal has the taste for human, it like, you got to kill it. Like a bear, like go to Yellowstone, you know, if the bear eats like, eats human food, you got to kill it because then it'll want human food. Is that, oh man, people are going to be really mad at me because like, that's probably wrong. But I feel like I, I feel like I read that somewhere. I don't, anyway, topic three. <laughs> We're almost an hour in. Topic three, new sound signature review coming this week. New sound signature review. Yeah, popular silencer coming to you. Um, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. I think I think you're going to like it. Hint, hint. It, it's um, it's a 308. <laughs> 308 silencer. Imagine that. Um, another hint. It's, uh, it's pretty quiet, I suppose. How quiet? Well, you're going to have to wait and see. You're going to have to wait and see. I think... I think a lot of folks will like to see the data I have prepared. I, I'm excited about this one, but you know, I get excited about a lot of stuff, so don't read into that too much. Um, I did have a question for you guys regarding the reviews. Have you folks been giving any thoughts to review format? I, I'm asking you as the audience here, this is an open question to you. I, I have some ideas for some supplemental articles um, so, you know, some best of type articles, things like that. Basically some, some narratives that can help people understand what we've done so far. Um, and what they can look forward to. I, I'm not sure if that's the type of thing you're expecting, but oftentimes I find that during like long strings of data publication, like I kind of need to regroup and then take a step back and look look at what we've been doing. You know, you, you saw a little bit of that with the publication of um, Intermediate Results Summary 6, 618. Uh, um, for those of you who haven't been on PewScience.com, check that out. Intermediate Results Summary 618. Uh, in that result summary, this is it's a free summary, publicly available. I give a quick overview of performance parameters of some of the mid-sized 30 caliber silencers that are on the market, and uh, you know the ones that Pew Science has tested publicly. And you know I think that has really helped people. So I, I think as we progress through more of these full-size 308 silencer reviews, I plan on doing another one of those summaries. And I think, I think then we can even start com comparing large to small silencers in some interesting ways. Um, maybe that's going to help people too, okay? I do envision eventually that all of this data will start to form a basis for silencer designs you know, basically a basis for silencer designers, as it were, and, 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 and manufacturers to decide what traits are worthy of consideration and which are not in their designs, okay? I'm not sure. Right now, I'm excited about the possibilities for the industry. I, I'm viewing these tools as important important for the industry, so that's that, this is my contribution, and, I, and I'm excited about that, and I hope people are seeing that, my intentions for this. And so, 
Look, so stay, hey, so in summary for this topic, stay tuned this week. Uh, you're going to get a new review, so stay tuned for that. Okay. Topic four, last topic um, today. Welcome all new Pew Science members. Your support is awesome. Thank you for that support, but, or and. Remember to ask questions, please, I'm here. Remember to ask questions. If you would like to support this podcast, guys, like, if you want to support Pew Science testing, if you want to support further development of the suppression rating, everything Pew Science does, you can always join with a membership at PewScience.com. You guys all know that. You don't have to. I never push you to, but I'm just letting you know it's there. Now, so all you have joined, thank you. Look, but whether you're consumers looking for a first or second silencer, or you're a seasoned veteran of the silencer or firearms game and you just enjoy the data, or maybe you're a dealer looking to help your customers, or you're a manufacturer looking to help your own product development, all of your contributions are appreciated, okay? It doesn't matter what tier you're joining from, but remember, there are three membership levels. The basic tier is open to consumers who they want to support us, they read the reviews, and look, although I'm still going to answer your questions and stuff, when you join on the basic tier and interact with you, like I do with everyone, a lot of the heavy interaction goes to our pro members, okay? And that's just, that's how I have it laid out. That's how I, I that's how I delineate. Now, the, the pro tier folks, the pro members, um, you guys are a little bit of a different breed and, and you actually often interact more frequently and there's there is a dedicated email address for you to do that um you don't have to use it look you know you but just know it's there i'm but i'm, I'm just wanted to highlight this um and part of the reason i'm highlighting this is because i just recently spoke with a pro member and he found the he's found all the information that he's used from pewscience.com extremely useful which was really that warmed my heart first of all so that was great feedback um and he told me that he used he's used the data in his purchasing decisions, which well that's cool. So you know when it came to sound, he it was important to him. So he he used Pew Science data for that. I I was honored. But he he did remark that he actually said that he would pay a lot for a custom concierge type service where like where I would give like one on one attention and help guide his purchasing decision. But I, I told him I said man. Dude, you're already getting that. You're you're a pro member. I'm like I'm literally helping folks in ways that are very similar to that already. So look, don't hesitate to reach out. Is what I'm telling you. Okay. Now the third tier of membership is the advanced membership tier. You 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 folks that all you folks that work at gun shops or manufacturers, that tier is for you. Okay. If you're using that this info to help your consumers, then please please join at the advanced level. Um, you can also join at the advanced level if you're just a consumer. Um, that's appreciated. That's great. If, if you have the means to contribute that to us, that's, that's amazing. But just know that, that consumers can also use the lower tiers. Okay, it's more, it might, That might be more financially viable for you. Now, as always, if you enjoy this stuff, um, you, know, you listen to the podcast, you read the reviews, maybe you follow me on social media, you get a kick out of it. But you, you you don't feel like, you know, contributing monetarily for whatever reason, you know, you, you can still help out. You can you can spread the word about Pew Science. You can let folks know about it. Um, you can even you can even go on iTunes and things like that and give us a, a you know a five star rating on there. The the podcast that helps out because it spreads the word. There's all kinds of ways to spread the word. That's really great. It helps the ranking algorithm. Um, it helps Pew Science exposure. And 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 I. Th- think you guys have been doing that and I really appreciate it and you know every little bit helps and I I I as we continue this I really do feel like I I'm kind of getting to know some of you folks and uh it's it's kind of becoming a family this is really cool so I'm really appreciative of all all your support and all your help and it's been great um so keep the questions coming all right I want you to keep the questions coming um, never hesitate to reach out. Remember, Instagram is great. Reddit is great. Man, talk about Reddit. The NFA subreddit. Shout out to 
you folks, a lot of you folks come from there. You, 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 you're just so great. You reach out to me on there. You, you DM me, email me. That's fantastic. I love it. I will, I'm going to talk to you folks again soon. I can't wait to show you more data. I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Okay. All right. Stay safe out there, guys. Bye.